Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Um, it's been another hot week here in the UK and it's pretty steamy and hot in the shed. Uh, I've also just had three days without the internet thanks to British Telecom hitting the wrong pipe. But never mind, we're back up and we're back running. It's been an interesting week and I think there have been two major stories which have come to light in the last week maybe one's a story and maybe one's an initiative and I felt that I should perhaps kind of well I kind of had to reflect upon them although it's very difficult to reflect on both of these things um being a man in his uh, 50s or a white man um it's it's very difficult whenever you feel that you want to talk out about um issues of um discrimination uh, within the photographic industry and in the last week there have been two um, situations I suppose which have caused me to reflect and I, and I wanted to reflect upon them in this week's podcast. The first one I suppose is a really positive thing. Um, let's start with the positive, why not? Which was the Royal Photographic Society's um, 100 Heroines Initiative. If you're not aware of this, I really suggest that you tap that into Google uh, RPS 100 Heroines Initiative um, to find out more about it and to put people forward for it. They have a Twitter feed as well, their own separate Twitter feed, separate to. Um, the RPS feed and it's really worth checking out it's got a lot of traction in the last week since I think it was announced last week and the moment I saw it was announced um, you know put forward the, the female heroines I, I instantly thought from a photographic perspective of somebody that perhaps a name that many of you may not have heard of uh, Edith Tudor Hart um, she was the sister of the Austrian photographer uh, Walter Zitzky, who sadly died just a couple a year or so ago, I think, um, or having reached a great age. And Edith Tudor Hart was his sister who came to London, escaping uh, Nazi persecution in the 1930s, just ahead of her brother. And she got established in uh, London before he did. And she was also a photographer and hanging in my um, house at the moment is, is a print by Edith Tudor Hart of um, some children in the east end of London um, play acting, getting married. It's a, it's a wonderfully um, evocative image. Um, and Edith Tudor Hart, it, it turns out, as strangely enough, a, a number of people who, who I've crossed paths with over the years, um, was a member of the um, the SOE, the Secret Service, during the Second World War, where women were sent to uh, occupied territories to spy, um, to meet up with underground units and so forth. Uh, and Edith Tudor Hart was one of those people. She was an, an amazing and wonderful woman. She's certainly somebody I would put forward, and have put forward, actually, for the RPS 100 Heroines Initiative. Alongside a few other photographers that instantly came to my mind, I spoke of Sylvia Placci last week. She's certainly somebody I would see as a photographic heroine. Um, and also... Um, 
Louise Dahl Wolf. I don't know if many of you are aware of Louise Dahl Wolf's incredible fashion photography, um, very modern contemporary work created in the 1930s for Harper's Bazaar magazine and another female American Scottish uh, Scottish an American photographer fashion photographer uh, called Tony Frizzell who's also well worth checking out for, um, for her work so you know there those photographers are there um, obviously Grace Robertson as well for her incredible work um, for uh, Picture Post magazine so Lots of people came to my mind, and um, I, I chucked um, their names into the hat on their behalf, and I really encourage you to do the same thing. The second um, story that broke last year, uh, last week, sorry, it is hot in here if I'm making mistakes, and as I said previously, this is uh, an unedited uh, stream of consciousness uh, podcast. Uh, keeping it real in that sense. Um, was a special report, the CJR special report, um, Photojournalism's Moment of Reckoning by uh, Kristen, I hope that's right, it's Kristen, uh, Chick, um, which broke online with um, some particularly disturbing stories uh, concerning specific photographers who were named within the article, connected with the... Um, seven photo agency it just is incredibly depressing uh, i'm sure as a female photographer these stories are not new and they've been shared and now they're coming out into the open and, that, and that's a great thing from my perspective it seems slightly strange as i say it's always awkward making a comment on something which in a way i suppose you can't empathize with from a, a specific perspective but certainly in all my years working um, within the photographic industry outside of the world of photojournalism within consumer magazines primarily um, I've always worked in a female environment I've always had female bosses uh, even in the on the photographic course I lecture on at the moment my line manager is female and my course leader is female and, and I embrace that whole female culture. I have absolutely no problems with that, never have. I'm hugely um, against any form of bullying. Um, it's something I really rail against. Um, and certainly any form of sexual impropriety or um, favour being given or whatever or blackmail. I mean, it seems to cover every area. You know, I'm just completely and utterly against it does seem to be really prevalent in the photojournalism world. And um, I'm not saying it doesn't exist in other areas. Um, it's well documented the issues that certain fashion photographers um, have put women through. And, and I know this is historical. I know stories of photographers from the 60s and 70s um, who uh, treated both models and women and so forth in a totally inappropriate manner. So I suppose in a way I'm just throwing uh, my support in there for that particular um, special report by uh, Kristen Chick. And just a call out really that I suppose, you know, we're not all, or not all men are bad. You know, a lot of us fight really hard um, from a female perspective and it as well as that whole idea of working in a female environment it made me look at back and think about um, how many female photographers I commissioned 
over the years. And certainly um, there were as many as I, I could. Um, there was definitely a shortage in the past of female photographers in some areas. But, you know, working with Jane Bowne, as I did on, an, on a number of occasions, as I've said, Sylvia Placci and uh, many other photographers in the areas of food, of beauty, of fashion, um, working with uh, photographers such as Peggy Sorota, for example. Um, there are many more, and I know you'll, you'll probably chastise me for not being able to come up with more off the, the top of my head. Um, I'm not going to put that down to the heat and, and a fading memory at my age. But anyway, uh, I just thought it was appropriate to actually recognise that that report had come out and not to ignore it. Uh, so, as you'll also see, uh, you know, I'm trying to do my very best with this podcast that um, the guests that we have each week who um, respond to the question, what does photography mean to you? I'm trying to keep it as balanced as, as I possibly can across race and gender. Uh, it's quite challenging. Um and I'm always reliant on those people who are willing to pick up on the baton. Quite often, many people are asked um, who don't uh, say yes. And strangely enough, um, just going back to that whole situation of female photographers, I've been working on um, the film, the Bill J film, which starts its screenings again through the autumn and it's actually going to be available to be seen in a lot more venues uh through the autumn which i'll keep you all in in uh informed about but it's quite interesting i've been going through every single issue of creative camera that he edited from 1965 to 1970 uh, month by month and despite the fact of the belief um that female photographers at that time were not given a fair shake of the of the stick as far as um, being featured in magazines are concerned it was really it was great to see that pretty much every issue there was at least one sometimes two female photographers in the mix even in uh, even in the late 60s so let's hope that we can all work towards uh, encouraging that and supporting the female voice in photography uh, over the coming years. Each week we feature, as I've previously mentioned, a photographer responding to the question, what does photography mean to you? And each week a photographer sends me an audio clip that they've recorded on their phone themselves and we get a chance to listen to that. As I said previously, uh, gender and race are, are, are considerations when I ask people, and so are areas of work, and we'll be covering lots of different areas of work as, as this podcast progresses each week, and so is kind of stage of work. Where are you? We've got photographers who are just starting out, coming up. We've got well-established photographers, and perhaps one of the greats, of British photography uh, joins us this week and contributes this week, and that's uh, Tom Stoddart. If you don't know the name, if you don't know the work, just Google him. 
Um, there's nothing really I can say other than to welcome Tom to this week's podcast. Henri Cartier-Bresson once said, to take a photograph is to align the head, the eye and the heart. It's a way of life. It's been my way of life for almost 50 years. In November 1970, age 17, I walked through the doors of the Berwick Advertiser in Northumberland to begin work as a trainee photographer earning £6 a week. My parents were poor and we didn't have a camera, so as a child I had never been exposed to photography until one day the Daily Mirror sent a reporter and photographer to the small fishing village where we lived to do a feature on the demise of the fishing industry. The photographer posed a group of fishermen and their young sons at the harbour to illustrate the point of the story. A couple of weeks later, one of the boys in the picture showed me prints that the photographer had sent by way of thanks to everyone in the group. I was stunned. The black and white photographs were 16 by 12, and I'd never seen anything so beautiful in my young life. Fifteen years later, I was able to shake Dennis Hussey by the hand and thank him for sending those beautiful prints and planting the idea of photography as a career in my head. It was pure good luck that he had come to the village and sent the pictures. I enjoyed every minute on the advertiser and learned how important the Hatches, Matches and Dispatches coverage of a local newspaper is to the community. One day Lady Lux smiled on me again when the Queen Mother made a royal visit to Berwick and I was sent to the town hall to photograph her signing the visitor's book. As I nervously stepped forward to take the picture, I didn't notice that the flashed sink lead had dropped out of my ancient yeshika mat. Click. Nothing. Panicking, I struggled to reconnect the lead and noticing my predicament, Her Majesty said, Take your time, young man. My next and only frame shows the Queen Mum beaming straight at the hapless photographer. The image was seen by a picture agency boss who gave me a job shooting for the national papers and I was on my way to Fleet Street. I consider myself a lucky man to have been a checkpoint Charlie on the evening of 9th of November 1989 when the Berlin Wall fell and freedom came to millions of people and also to witness Nelson Mandela being elected as South Africa's first black president. Lucky also to have worked with great reporters. Marie Colvin, Danny McGrory, David Blundy, Kurt Schork and Adrian Gill, all taken too soon. Photography is everything to me. It's transported me from that small northeast village and given me a ringside view of some of the most historic events of our times. It has allowed me to experience dozens of countries and cultures and form lifelong friendships with remarkable photographers, picture editors, aid workers and industry pros. Along the way, I've met and photographed amazing people doing both unspeakably bad and wonderfully good things to each other. And I've personally been shown extreme kindness on many occasions. In 1992, I was badly injured during shelling in Sarajevo and spent three days lying on a stretcher in a dark hospital corridor with others who were wounded waiting for electricity so that we could be x-rayed or scanned. When the power came on, the other wounded people insisted I go to the front of the queue to be x-rayed first. 
That's one of the things about human beings in conflict. Alongside the horror, chaos and needless killing, you see great acts of humanity, love and respect. Sitting at my desk putting this piece together, I happened to glance at the wall where my two favourite images hang side by side. Larry Burroughs reaching out and Don McCullen's shell-shocked US Marine, both from Vietnam. I look at the photographs whenever I feel the need for inspiration, which I have to say happens quite often these days. The sheer power and perfection of these two frozen moments always takes my breath away and reminds me what a privilege it is to have a photographer's way of life. Thanks, Tom. And thank you for listening. Hopefully I'll catch up with you again next week. Mm-hmm.